It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Boy, it's good to be back in the studio here talking. And if you want to give me a call, as usual, 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. So what happened last week? Now this is an interesting little bit of a story because um, I couldn't get on the internet, and uh, you know Thursday sometimes uh, you know I was I had to do re-records uh, on Thursday and Friday last week. So what, what was going on? Well, um, you know I I, I I was patient as the internet goes down sometimes. It happens every few months, whatever, for an hour or two, and it just didn't come back up. So uh, I eventually made a call and uh, said, hey, you know, what's going on? And uh, they uh, they told me that they had to send a tech out. We did all kinds of troubleshooting. And so we did it, uh, some stuff, and this tech came out. This is on a Saturday. So I, I was down Thursday and Friday. Saturday was the earliest day that uh, he could come out. And I'm a ex-computer um, tech guy, you know, at, at Hewlett-Packard. So, you know, I know how to troubleshoot. I know what to look for. I know what kind of things to check out for Internet connection, connectivity issues. All right, so he, uh, you know, he shows up, and um, he said it was really interesting because there are two boxes that lead to the Internet to our house, and there's a main box out on the main road, and that serves the neighborhood. And he said that um, to the wires uh, for the, our area or for my house, he didn't really tell me exactly but he said they uh, they were disconnected, which was interesting. And uh, so he said, there's no possible way you could have gotten Internet. They were disconnected. Someone disconnected them. I said, oh, okay. Well, you know, I can see that a tech goes out there, makes a mistake. And uh, so he connected them. Uh, that's what, before he got to my house. And uh, we still couldn't get in. We still couldn't get on the Internet. So he went to a few houses down. And... Um, there's another uh, a box for this for the, you know for a few a uh, few houses, and the wires for my house were disconnected there. And so he thought it was rather interesting, and um, so he reconnected them, and lo and behold, I got my internet back. Now what was interesting is uh, only the wires for my house were disconnected. So uh, who knows? You know, I don't know what's going on. But uh, we've been persecuted uh, various forms, various ways over the years, and uh, I've got stories. I mean, I could tell you about how uh, a Satanist uh, was threatening to kill myself uh, and my family, and we got the FBI involved. Turns out it was someone out of the country, and um, I could skip a lot of details, but I'll tell you, uh, the person said that they were going to get Satanists in my area to take care of me, and this person was sending... Uh, human sacrifice uh, death victim uh, pictures uh, to me and uh, said, this is what could happen to you and your family. And so, you know, we got that taken care of. And the story of how it got taken care of is really interesting in itself. Um, it really is quite a story. But God took care of it. One of those, you've got to be kidding me kind of things. And, uh, you know, I've been followed in my car. My wife's been followed. Um, We've, we have DOS attacks on the website, denial of service attacks. They come from usually Muslim countries. Uh, sometimes we have to block entire countries uh, for a day or two or three or a week until the DOS uh, st- uh, 
attack stops. And we get so many that uh, we get more than what the banks got. Uh, CARM, uh, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, is a well-hated website. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, I tell the truth and I don't compromise. Uh, Jesus is the only way to salvation. If you don't have Jesus, God in flesh, physically died on the cross, physically risen from the dead, if you don't affirm him and put all your trust in him alone, not in your sincerity, not in your works, not in your baptism, not in your church membership, but in him alone. If you don't do that, you are going to go to hell. That's it. And uh, I don't care if you're sincere. I don't care if you're nice. I don't care if you don't like it. Uh, that's just not my concern. My concern is to please God, not man. My concern is to teach the truth, not to compromise. That's my concern. If you're offended, uh, well, I'm sorry, but uh, it's just the way it is. Truth doesn't care about your feelings. And so... Uh, I just tell the truth, and I've got to do that. I've got to just tell people the truth. I don't have time for mamby-pamby theology and uh, diaperinian uh, experience. I want to tell people what the truth is. It's a desperate time. We need the truth of the gospel. We need the truth of who Christ is. You know, I was just on a Facebook page uh, where Muslims and ex-Muslims dialogue, and I, I, I'm I'm in there. I'm not an ex-Muslim. And uh, I asked, uh, how is a Muslim saved uh, compared to Christianity? How, how are you saved? And they just started attacking. They don't answer. You know, the issue is the gospel. People don't. A lot of people don't want the gospel, what it really is. A lot of Christians don't really know what it is, too. And uh, But nevertheless, so the idea is to, um, to tell the truth. So persecution comes. I can tell you lots of other stories, but, you know, that's just life. It's what happens. And um, uh, by way of reminder, just to let you know, um, the CARM uh, ministry, you know, we're being supported. We definitely need your support. So if you consider supporting us, just go to CARM.org. And on the, on, uh, the homepage on the bottom left-ish area is a donate button. Please check it out. Help us out. If you want to um, support the radio show, we get a little bit of a change in plans and how we're doing it. Just go to CARM.org slash radio. Uh, and uh, that'll be that. We're going to be taking matchlicklive.com and making its own website, its own thing uh, for some other stuff. We've made some decisions and are moving forward in a different direction in that particular thing. But nevertheless, uh, that's what's going on. So if you want to support us, please consider. Uh, just go to karm.org and slash radio. That's all. Just forward slash radio. And you can get all the information you need for what stations we're on and um, if we're going to be on the air much longer. Uh, because it's all a matter of finances. Let me just tell you that uh, I'm not going to be compromising the gospel and telling you that if you uh, tithe money to us, you know, you could get tenfold back and and uh, just send us your miracle, uh, your money for your miracle healing water and all this kind of uh, stupidity, which is out on the uh, on the airwaves. I'm not going to do that. I will never do that. Uh, the issue is that uh, we do need your support. And if uh, God puts it upon your heart to do that, please uh, consider doing that. Um, Without getting into melodrama here, it's pretty serious right now. And uh, we're having to make some pretty quick adjustments and some things like that. And uh, that's just the way it is. All right. So uh, enough of that. If you want, give me a call, 877-207-2276. Give me a call, and uh, let's blab. Talk to you when you call me. All right. Kim, how are you doing? Kim, are you there? It's fine, man. All right. What do you got, man? Um, my question is uh, coming from. Uh, let me give you the scripture references. 
First uh, Peter three one, Ephesians five twenty two through twenty six. Uh, Colossians three eighteen. Wait 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 wait. You're giving me a I'm bunch sorry. of scriptures, but you're not telling me what anything's about. What's going on? Okay. Well, the, the question is: in these references, you see the phrase "own husband" and emphasis put on that. So, my question is a two-part question: What does that actually mean? It should be self-explanatory. And does it mean that in in, in Ephesians that the main responsibility of a of a husband to his wife is to make sure she receives spiritual knowledge and understanding from him and no other pastor or no other husband. No, the majority. No, no, Not no, all no, of it, no, but just no, the majority. No, no. Well, it depends. Uh, a lot of uh, husbands are not qualified to teach their wives very well because they don't study the Word of God, and they're not being federal heads in their in their homes. They are uh, they're abdicating their spiritual responsibility uh, and letting women rule uh, in the home, which is uh, unbiblical. And they are going to churches with women pastors and elders, which is unbiblical. And uh, they're not being loving leaders uh, who lead their wives in prayer and the Word. And so uh, it just depends on the situation, but we definitely are called uh, in the body of Christ to have pastors and teachers who teach us what the Word of God says. So, um, you know, me, I teach my wife a, a lot, but uh, she works with me, and for 30 years she's been hearing what I've been teaching for years. She knows a lot of stuff, and she doesn't even realize how much she knows. Well, um, you know, I... There are pastors who know a lot and some who don't, so it just kind of depends on the situation. Yeah, you know, it just depends. Okay, well, let me make sure this. When you see the reference, uh, when it says a husband is to wash his wife in the Word, With wouldn't the word, that be yeah. my responsibility and no, and no one else's? Yes, because it says the husband is to do it. But notice the logic. It doesn't say only the husband. It just says the husband is to do this. See, if I say you're to drive your car, it doesn't mean I'm not supposed to drive my car. Just because it says the husband is to do something doesn't mean that she cannot receive spiritual enlightenment from some other source. Okay, the responsibility of the husband okay. is to lead his wife. Okay, and there's certain things that only he can do. Okay. So when you see wash with the word, that, to me that's an intimate act between a husband and a wife. Would you allow someone else to wash your wife with water? No, you wouldn't. So why wait, would wait, I wait, allow? Whoa, 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 man? whoa, 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 whoa! You're, you're, you're it, it, washing with water is not the same thing as washing with the word. And you talk about washing your wife with water. That's different than what it means to wash someone in the word. It just means to put the word upon them, through them, feed them with the word. We can do that. You don't take that washing and say, "See, it's the same thing as washing with water my wife's body." It's not the same thing. We don't do that. Okay? So, if you're a pastor, you, you are washing your congregation with the Word, basically. That's what well, the Bible only yeah, uses possible. that term. The Bible only uses that term in reference to the husband and wife, so I wouldn't apply that to a Christian exactly. pastor. Okay? But the pastor is to teach. So, if I were a pastor and you were coming to my church and you and your wife are there, I will be teaching to the best of my ability the Word of God. And you, you go and you learn. You are responsible as the male in the family. You are responsible for the spiritual condition of your home. Well, that's not taught so, very well, often, course, but that's the truth. Okay. So let's just say we're having Bible study, 
Okay. And I come across scripture that, well, my interpretation of scripture is not what the pastor's is. So would she have to listen to my interpretation, or would she have to go with his interpretation? What she should do... Or it doesn't depend on the scripture. What she should do is look at the word herself and be convinced in her own mind, Romans 14, 5. So I know a great deal of stuff. I've been studying theology since 1980. I've got a Master's of Divinity. I do debates. I teach. I'm on the radio. I do all kinds of stuff. Just because I have all this knowledge and this education, it does not mean I'm right about everything. So if I were to talk to my wife about a particular verse, now we're talking about audiophora. We're not talking about essentials. We're talking about the things that are debatable. And if I were to, you know, give an interpretation of what I think it means and she were to disagree with me, that's okay. As long as she's doing it biblically and it's according to her conviction and things like that, uh, and, and that's okay. It, it's not a big deal. Now, it depends on what it is, you know, but you don't have to worry about stuff like that, okay? Okay. All right. So, so I guess you have my I guess you have my question. I hope that helps. Well, okay, no, no. About oh, I'm sorry. It did, but the emphasis on own husband. I mean, what does that actually mean? Why is the emphasis put on own husband when that should be self-explanatory? Uh, stay tuned. Let's tackle that after the break. We'll talk a little bit more about the husband's responsibilities in the marriage. Okay. Hold on, and we'll okay. be right back. Do you enjoy listening to Matt Slick Live? Has it been a challenging show that has stretched your understanding of God's Word and provided answers and insights? If so, would you please consider supporting us financially? It's through your donations that we're able to stay on the air. If you want to continue hearing Matt Slick Live on your local radio station, please go to your web browser and type in matchslicklive.com. You'll be forwarded to our donation page. Thanks for your support. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get... Sexual addiction had become an idol in my life, damaging relationships with my wife, family, and most importantly, God. Living Waters is a confidential group for men and women seeking healing. It helps participants find freedom from sin and brokenness through deeper relationship with Christ and deeper insight into their own hearts. Living Waters gave me a framework for dealing with my addiction and a support group of prayer, encouragement, and accountability as I grew in my spiritual walk with God. Living Waters is equipped to help those who struggle with sexual and relational brokenness. Now as a Living Waters small group leader, I help and encourage others in their journey to healing and renewal. It is a joy to see the transformation and growth of the participants each session. Living Waters is accepting applications for groups starting in September in Raleigh and Wake Forest. To learn more, visit pray.org slash radio. That's pray.org slash radio. 
Hey, I'm Brant. Maybe you've heard us talking about MetaShare on the radio or heard people saying how they're really thankful for MetaShare, and you're like, okay, what exactly are you talking about? Hey, it's a great question. So here's what it is. MetaShare is a nationwide community of Christians who share each other's medical costs. Here's why it's grown so much. MediShare costs about half what other healthcare programs cost. It's flexible, too, so you can pick a plan that fits your monthly budget, and you get to choose your own doctor from one of America's largest networks. Something else people really appreciate, you don't have to pay for procedures or prescriptions that go against your beliefs. And you know what the best part is? It works. And it's worked for more than 20 years. People who've experienced catastrophic health bills get their needs met. People pray for each other. MediShare is a nonprofit, faith-based ministry, and it could be a huge blessing to you. Here's how you can find out more. Call 855-BIBLE-11. Now available in Montana. 855-BIBLE-11. That's 855-BIBLE-11. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. If you want to give me a call, the number is 877-207-2276. Kim, are you still there? Yes. All right. So uh, the duties of a husband, uh, basically, are such things as he's to provide for her. He's to uh, protect her. He's to love her. He's to teach her. He's to be available sexually. He's to be faithful to her. He's to encourage her. Open the door for her. Open jars for her. Tell her she's attractive. Uh, All the things that uh, a man should be doing for his wife. When we go out, um, I open the doors for my wife. I do it regularly, but we've been married 30 years. When I talk on the radio about her, what I'll say is uh, she's a great woman except for her taste in men. And, uh, you know, I lift her up. I don't talk bad about her unless there's sometimes I'm talking to my buddies. You know how guys will complain and somebody you trust. You know, well, I wish she were this. But you know what I mean. You don't uh, browbeat her. Uh, you be patient and uh, these kind of things. We have responsibilities as husbands. This faithfulness that uh, we're to have for our wives is something that a lot of men don't understand. I was watching some stupid show uh, last night, and uh, this husband and wife, um, she didn't love him anymore. So she said, our marriage is over because I don't love you. Well, in counseling, I would say to, to her, so What? Well, because you don't have a feeling, that means your marriage is over. You made a commitment. You stick to it. This is what it is. And now you can learn what love really is, not just a self-centered feeling about how I want to be and what I want to experience. True love is other-centered. See, too many people just don't understand the truth. I can get into some preaching about that, but I won't. So, uh, does that help? Uh, it, one other question. Sure. Uh, should a past have more authority over my wife than I do. In what way? In what way as far as scripture-wise, as far as feeding her and giving her and washing her in the Word? It's not an issue of authority, but the Bible does say to submit to the elders. And you go to First Corinthians, or First Timothy 5.17, it talks about this, that they have authority uh, and they're called by God so they have the authority of God to equip the body of Christ now what I tell people is that 
the primary relationship that a wife is to have is to God. Secondly, it's to her husband. Third, it's to the children. Fourth, it's family, extended family, church, uh, work, things like that. So it's not an issue of authority. You have got to get that out of your, your head because this authority issue will bite you in the rear. If you want to live in an authoritative sense, you're biting no, off. No, no, it's not that. It's just that now if I am the husband, I am the authority figure over the home, just like the pastor is over the church. Is that not true? Yes, that's right. You're the head of the home, and you're the head of the wife. That's how it is. Well, so not so at, much, well maybe authority was the wrong word, but have more... Well, it has to be authority. Because if she's going to listen is. to me, and I am her husband, and mm-hmm. I am supposed to give her the spiritual knowledge that's coming from the Lord through me to her, then I should have that authority over her than another man or another pastor. Right, yeah, you have certain rights and authority, as she has authority over you um, in the sense that other women don't. So it works Well, I mean, ways. I agree with 100%. Okay. But your responsibilities as a husband are to teach her. You have the authority to do that. You have the authority to protect her. You have the authority of sexual union with her. You have the authority of provision for her. And so it's an authority thing, a position. But biblically speaking, the issue of authority in husbandry deals with spiritual responsibility as well as family responsibility. But the spiritual and the family are really intertwined. So as Adam and Eve were in the garden, and she sinned first, and then Adam ate the fruit, and so he sinned sinned second. When the pre-incarnate Jesus came looking for them after they were hiding, he said to the man, where are you? He didn't address the woman. It's because he had the authority to represent them and the world. And the authority comes with responsibility. And that's why we have to exercise our authority carefully and with wisdom to the best of our ability. And because okay, whether we like it or not, that's the position and that's the responsibility of the husband. He is automatically, by the fact of being a husband, in authority over his wife in spiritual matters. It does not mean that she must submit to him in every area if she believes he's wrong in serious issues. Now, if it's, let's move, let's paint the house yellow or paint the house green, this is a bad example. Um, you know, the issue of submission is something that at that point comes into play because the buck has to stop in, in, in some place. But a lot of times women don't want that. They don't want to do that. They don't want to submit. But I, I point out to them, Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. And he submitted to what God the Father wanted him to do and say. And... If they are denying their own submission to the head over them, decreed and ordained by God, then they are actually separating themselves from the teaching and the work of Christ in that respect. And they are doing the exact thing that Eve did in the garden when she usurped the position of Adam and decided for herself in the authority of her own, her own ability to be able to decide what was true and false and good and bad. Okay. Thank you, Matt, so much. All right. God bless, buddy. God bless you. All right. 
Folks, I've taught on marriage, uh, and I need to teach something called the theology of marriage. And I'm thinking about working up a, a workbook and a coursework, and I need a, to present this. Um, what I'm saying is biblical, and what I'm saying is not popular. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, do not like what the Bible really says. They don't like the issue or the idea of submission. They don't like the idea that they have to submit to anybody else. What they want is to be their own lords. Well, um, if you're a woman and you don't like what I'm saying, and you're annoyed at what I'm saying, then I've got a challenge for you on a particular verse to look at. And if you think I'm wrong, if you think this headship issue is wrong, then look at 1 Peter 3.6. 1 Peter 3.6. Go home. If you're, you are driving, remember, memorize 1 Peter 3.6. And see, would you do the same thing as 1 Peter 3.6 describes? And see it for yourself, because it says, Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Would you do that with your husband? Now there's more to the verse that I'm letting on. But this is something that Peter's talking about in respect to marriage. There's an issue of headship. And when I teach the theology that goes behind it, starting with the Trinity, it makes sense. I need to do a whole course on this. There's the music again. We'll be right back after this break. And we'll get the next caller. Stay tuned. This is Demon Deacon Football. Makes a move to the right. He'll die for the pylon. Touchdown! Wait for it! We want to become a premier team in the ACC. It's outside five. It's going to be a sprint for six. Get it to him. Touchdown! Wait for it! The 2017 season begins Thursday, August 31st, as Wake Forest hosts Presbyterian. Our coverage begins at 5.30 on your home for Demon Deacon football, the Wake Forest IMG Sports Network. Back in 1993, MediShare was known as the best-kept secret in healthcare, but not anymore. Today, there are hundreds of thousands of Americans who've discovered what us long-timers have known since the beginning. MediShare is affordable health care that really works. The great thing is we're not an insurance company. We're a nonprofit community. Hundreds of thousands of honest, hardworking people who agree to share each other's medical bills. Every share goes to help a fellow member. And when we say affordable, we mean it's common for our members to save upwards of $500 a month. Best of all, MediShare is always open. You can join anytime. So how about now? Isn't it time you joined MediShare? Call 855-BIBLE-11 to find out how much you can save on your health care. MediShare, now available in Montana. Call 855-BIBLE-11. That's 855-BIBLE-11.
You find it difficult to understand how the gospel brings freedom? Listen each weekday to Sharing the Light with Alan Wright. The way to freedom is to acknowledge how little control you actually do have, accept that it is what it is, accept the things that you have to let go of so that you can let God do His work in your life. Sharing the Light with Alan Wright. Go to truthnetwork.com for broadcast times of Sharing the Light on this station. God's goal is for you to become a visible, verbal follower of Jesus Christ. Dr. Tony Evans says it's easy to find people who come to church for the show, but true Christianity requires something deeper. That is what God has called the church to do, create disciples, not just members. A look at why the Lord wants followers, not fans. Coming up this week on The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans. Weeknights at 8 on The Truth Network. The Bible allows us to learn from the great successes and great failures of those who came before us. And this week on A New Beginning, in Pastor Greg Laurie's series, World Changers, we'll learn from the fall of the great strongman Samson and from the failures and successes of King David. Join us this week for great inspiration on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Join us each and every weekday morning at 7.30 for A New Beginning right here on The Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, let's get to Guy from San Diego. Hey, Guy, how are you? Good, how are you, Matt? By God's grace, hanging in there. What do you got? Um, so I have a question on Philippians 2.6. Oh, that's a good verse. Okay. I had to reboot my uh, Bible program. So hold on one sec while I'm we get some place. No, I, I did an update and I forgot to do one last thing. I should have done it on the break. It only takes 15 seconds to get the page going. And I had to stall while I'm uh, waiting for it to come up. And um, come on. I'm waiting. There we go. See? Live radio. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Philippians 2.6, yes. Um, okay, and what's your question? So um, uh, this is for class. I'm a student at San Diego Christian, and I'm getting a couple different perspectives on this verse. The outcome is the same. Servant leaderhood should, servant leaderhood, servant leadership, um, okay. you know, Christ being the example. So um, how to look at this. Who, although he existed in the form of God, if you not regard equally with God and the things to be grasped, should we look at this verse as kind of saying, even though Jesus was God or because Jesus was God? And I guess the main point I'm making in this section of Scripture is Paul saying that servant leadership is a communicable attribute of God. Leadership is an action. An attribute is a uh, property. And uh, so an action is not a property in that sense. Okay. So um, what is talking about the equality, did not regard equality with God anything to be grasped or robbed or taken or asserted. Uh, It was his by nature is what the the issue is saying there. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. 
So this is uh, it's, it's an interesting section of scripture, Philippians two five through eight is something that I've quoted a hundred hundred times, and uh, more than that over the years. Um, and it's a, a pericope I use to demonstrate the deity of Christ. But in this context, it's dealing with humility. He's in the form of God. He emptied himself, the kenosis, and became one of us. So uh, what does that last phrase mean? Regard equality with God, I think, to be grasped. He's the one doing the regarding. And he doesn't need to assert his own divinity. It is his by nature. It belongs to him. That's how I see it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I guess my next question was this. Um, Paul saying... It will correct me if I'm wrong. Paul saying that um, the servanthood is in is in the exact nature of God. God can be can in in a sense maybe. Well, wait a minute. Wait. Wait. You're trying to get servanthood out of here. I'm sorry. Right, what's the purpose of of the study in this pericope? Is it a particular verse or a section of verses? It's a section of verse that you just said you um. um so, so verses five through eight. On, but, Yes, yes, they okay. call it the kenosis, the kenosis. Yeah, they've got to be careful. you got to be careful because the kenosis is a, one form of it's a heresy. And Okay, good, so, good. I'm glad I'm asking you this. So let me explain. Kenosis means emptying. One view is, even though the word kenosis is there in the Greek, uh, it's become a kind of a symbol word for a problem. Generally speaking, the kenosis is God minus something. The hypostatic union is God plus something. So in the hypostatic union, it's the word added human nature in the sense that they were united in the single person of Christ, the hypostatic union. The kenosis issue deals with the emptying, which it says he did, but what they come to, to mean through it, and some people have gone too far, is to say he lessened himself in his nature and his essence. And that's not the case. Uh, some will say that the divine properties were lessened or removed. That's impossible because properties are related to the nature. And if it's, I mean, it would, that would imply his nature had changed. So that's a problem here. So what's going on is, it, it, one of the key things is, uh, is, starting in verse 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of, other, of others, having this or have this attitude in yourselves which also was in Christ Jesus. He was in the form of God. He emptied himself. He made the likeness of men, became obedient to the point of death. And uh, at the name of Jesus, every uh, knee will bow. So what uh, Paul is doing is talking about the issue of humility before people and uh, uh, emptying of the self, uh, true humility, and looking at others as more important than ourselves. And then in that... He relates it to what Christ did. The issue here is not just about servanthood, but it's about the humility that we're supposed to have in, in the true nature of love in considering others more important than ourselves. And this is what that pericope is referring to, because if you just read the context, it's right there. Yeah, okay, good, good. This is how my teacher is um, teaching it. Wow. Teaching what it I just the said? Way. So, what, what I just I'm said? I'm sorry. Saying? What, what do you mean? What this you is just what, said, yeah. Okay, good. Good. Give him a high yeah. five then. Yeah. Okay, give him a high five. <laughs> nice. I want. We have to do a little, a quick essay on it, and um, I wanted to make sure that to get a different, couple different perspectives. Okay. Good. First, and to make sure 
he was correct to make sure um, okay, it just, everything was lining up. I just wanted well, to get different perspectives, and you're definitely a go-to guy of mine. Okay, but please understand something. Just because I'm on the radio and I'm Reverend Slick, it doesn't mean I'm right. You got to make sure that you check what I say against that word of God. Don't use me as a final authority. I know you're not, but I just want to make sure. You know, it's he might have insight that I don't have. He might have um, issues and understanding that I don't possess. So you need to do the best you yeah. can and compare us and make sure that it's as consistent with Scripture as possible to the best of your understanding. All right. Perfect. One of the other reasons I come to you okay. is because your wife says you're awesome. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I tell her how awesome I am. I tell her I'm awesome. Yeah, yeah. She, just, she yeah. rolls her eyes. No, she I've been, no. Yeah, I, I've, I've been listening to you for a couple of years, and and for sure, man, I get different different opinions. And um, but yeah, you're definitely opinion that that I value. And one of the reasons I do is because you tell me to look it up in scripture and don't look take what you. Yeah, that's, right. that's awesome. That's awesome. So all right, guy. Well, well cool, story. Matt. That that was my question. All right, buddy. God bless. Okay. God bless. Have a good one, Matt. You too. All right, that was Guy from San Diego. Now we're going to get to Stacy from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Stacy, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, hey, Matt. Uh, thanks Hi. for taking my call. I enjoy sure. your program so much. Thank you. Um, God bless you. Um, God bless you. I did, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Matt, I, I, I'm divorced, mm-hmm. and... Um, and I'm kind of up in years. I'm 54 years old, and and I've been divorced for about the last nine years. And 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 when, when I read my Bible now, I, I get the I get the Proverbs 18:22, and it says, a, "A man who finds a wife finds a good thing, in favor with the Lord." But the, but then when I get over in First Corinthians chapter seven, and then and I start reading what Paul's saying about, oh, well, if you lose from a wife, you might be better off just to stay single. Not, yeah, not, but not look for a wife. You know, I'm just, yes, just but, curious if you could maybe comment on that, please. Sure. First Corinthians seven twenty six is really important because he says there. I think that it, uh, this view is good in this present distress. It's good for a man to remain as he is, not married. They were under various forms of persecution, and to take a wife was to add to the difficulty within your life. And that a wife would oh. not become a uh, a woman would not become a wife unless she left her present family because they weren't on their own they were their family units so that's what's going on in First Corinthians seven all right so the present yeah. distress yeah. is okay. the issue there and, it, and it's in Proverbs is talking about how great a woman can be and a lot of seriousness I don't know if my wife's listening because she does sometimes on the radio but uh, you know she's got her faults she's a sinner but I'll tell you something. She's a good woman, and I'm blessed to have her. She's faithful. She's loyal. She loves the Lord, puts up with me. She's dedicated to him. That's a good woman, and I'd marry her all over again. So, you know, that's true. Now, when we go through distresses, that's the context of 1 Corinthians 7, a present distress, a persecution of some sort, where something was going on. All right? Yeah, yeah, thanks. I appreciate the commentary. Thank you so much, yeah. I, I really right, enjoy your program. Thank you. Yes, well, thank that, you. That, that's that's kind of boy. That's that's right on. That's spot on right there. <laughs> thank okay. you. Thank All you, right, man. I mean, that's, 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 thank you. Have a
All right, that was okay. Stacy from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Let's jump right over and get to who's next? Rick from Alabama. Rick, how are you? Oh, Rick's gone. Let's just jump right over to Matt from New York. You must be a humble, good-looking guy with that name. Hey, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> right, get right back to the end of the break, okay, buddy? Hold on. Do you enjoy listening to Matt Slick Live? Has it been a challenging show that has stretched your understanding of God's Word and provided answers and insights? If so, would you please consider supporting us financially? It's through your donations that we're able to stay on the air. If you want to continue hearing Matt Slick Live on your local radio station, please go to your web browser and type in MattSlickLive.com. You'll be forwarded to our donation page. Thanks for your support. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at St. Jude. Struggling with road rage? Staying on the highway with a Christian car guy. Here's Dr. Driving on Road Rage from last week's show. We need to change basically our attitude instead of seeing driving as a competitive field where battle is going on and territoriality emotions are expressed and defended. Namely, driving is a coordinated activity among many drivers. It's a teamwork. Could that other driver be your neighbor? Staying on the highway with a Christian car guy. For more tips, go to Christian Car Guy. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot. money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-648-9175 800-648-9175 800-648-9175 The Financial Symphony. It's a beautiful fusion of music and finance, and it features your local financial coach, John Stillman. While I have never run a marathon myself, I am very familiar with the carbo load, just not in preparation for a marathon. Your body burns carbs much more efficiently than it burns fats. Same thing leading up to retirement. We want to have the right mix of investments. That's the Financial Symphony with John Stillman. Every Saturday afternoon at 1 on WDRU 105.7 FM and 1030 AM. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, how you doing? Pick it back. (laughs) 
my wife was walking out and um, I put the camera on her <laughs> so people can see her on YouTube. Hey, welcome back to the show. Let's uh, jump right back in there to uh, Matt from New York. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Matt? Can you hear me? I can, Matt. <laughs> oh, okay. Not many people named yeah, Matt. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hey, sure. No, yeah. what's what's up? Hey, so uh, first off, I just want to say that uh, I grew up in Utah. I was, a, I was a grew up in a Mormon background. My family wasn't strong Mormon, but uh, you know, I was Mormon for twenty years. Served an LDS mission before that. I actually ran into your website and and uh, tried to counter all your arguments. But uh, coming home from my mission and due to life, and God had all kinds of means to bringing me to. the the truth of the the gospel of Christ. And I just want to thank you and then praise God for wow. for your ministry as being part of those means to bringing me to uh, to the Christian faith. So I just want to thank you for that. Well, you're welcome and praise God, man. Just praise God. I'm glad you left Mormonism and have found the true Christ. So awesome. Amen. 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 And uh, so I've, I've actually been interested in, in in apologetics, like partially due to your to your ministry and other ministries. Okay. Um, I'm currently, so that's kind of one thing I've been looking into is, is finding a seminary that I could mm-hmm. study at. Now, I hope you don't hold this against me. I, I lean more towards Reformed Baptist uh, theology. Whatever. So um, I've been looking, trying to find, I've wanted to ask you, what are the most important criteria for finding a seminary? Is it making sure that it's accredited? Is it making sure that it lines up with your denominational or personal beliefs? Or what would you say is, are the most important factors? Well, I would say that it's where God wants you to go. That'd be the most important. But um, I, uh, I I applied at two seminaries, and then uh, because my mom got cancer, I just stayed locally, and I ended up going to Westminster in San Diego. I didn't want to go there, but that's what God had me do. It turned out to be a very great okay. blessing. And of course, I'm Reformed and uh, Presbyterian, and you're, uh, you know, Baptist. That's fine. Uh, it doesn't matter. If you're going to look for a seminary, one of the things I would do is see, make make sure that the people who are teaching hold to, uh, you know, since you're Reformed, uh, the Baptist Confession 1689 is fine. Make sure they hold to at least that, or the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, which you know shouldn't be a problem. Uh, for you as well, even if they, they go with uh, covenantal baptism for infants and stuff like that. You don't have to agree with it. And the seminary doesn't isn't going to push it down your throat. They're not going to do that kind of a thing. If they're good, they'll just give the position, and that, that's it. You move on. So there's RTS, Reformed Theological Seminary, in Orlando. And I've been there. I've been on campus. That's nice. There's Westminster West, uh, which is San Diego. And there's uh, Westminster in Philly. And uh, there are other ones. There's Dallas, uh, which I believe... I can't, you know, I can't remember if we were reformed or not. Uh, don't know if you want reformed theology, but then again, it might be just locally. You're not able to go uh, and travel and uproot. Maybe you have a wife and kids, and you can't uproot. You know, she's got a job. You got to stay locally, and, and so you go to a seminary that's local. There's different options, and you just work it out. It's not a big deal. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, that that answers my question. Um, and second one is: Have you, have you ever? Uh, second quick question: Have you ever heard of 1689 federalism? It's not just simply holding to the 1689 Confession of Faith. It's actually a, a different covenantal theology than no. some Reformed Baptists hold to today. I just never heard of. I just want to know if you've heard of that movement, the 1689 federalism. There's actually a website, 1689federalism.com, if you're curious. I want to see if, how you compare that to the Westminster Confession. I want to get yeah. your your ideas. Well, it's I, I it rings a bell, but it. But uh, I don't think I've heard of it. But it, on the other hand, 
It does ring a bell. So I'm not exactly sure. I have to check it out and see to what particulars they are, if they're covenantal or not, or hopefully they, would, hopefully they wouldn't be dispensational. But, um, you know, it would be something to check out, among my many other hundreds of things i got to check out. Uh, but, yeah, you know. That makes sense. I think the biggest difference is that while the Westminster Confession holds that the Mosaic Covenant and the New Covenant are two administrations of the Covenant of Grace, yeah. The big the big difference with 1689 federalism is they'll say that the Mosaic Covenant was actually a covenant of works, and that the New Covenant is the covenant of grace. So it's not two different administrations of the covenant of grace, but right. instead two different covenants completely. So yeah, and then there's uh, theories yeah. about uh, one eternal covenant out of a Hebrews 13:20, and it's actually the the uh, covenant of grace of which the covenant of works is uh, a sub-part, because even that covenant of works ultimately is a form of grace. It gets into right. how we define covenant, and uh, I, I remember studying it and realizing, oh, it's far deeper than I possibly had imagined. It's really an interesting topic, and um, so I just I just hold to a mild form of covenantalism without too many minutiae and details, and I just kind of go with that, because... You know what? There's going to be views and opposing views and arguments on details of every position, and I just don't have time for it. I got things to do besides that. But uh, interesting stuff. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt. Like, uh, I appreciate it, man. God bless right, you, man. God bless. I'm so glad you're not a Mormon. Good for you. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. Right. It's been great. Good. Praise God. All right. That was Matt from New York. And the next, uh, let's get to David from Texas regarding, I guess, remarriage. How are you, David? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Uh, I know we only got 10 minutes, so I'll try to Mm -hmm. be quick. My question is on remarriage. Um, I've got a friend of mine who is single, and he's never been married before, but he, and he's a a Christian, um, devout Christian. And he's been talking to someone that he's probably going to get married to who has been a cultural Christian at best, but has really started devoting her life to the Lord um, okay. by the grace of God, but specifically through this relationship. He's, he's really um, bringing her alongside him and building her up, and it's okay. going wonderful. But she has been in a marriage beforehand, and she has committed adultery. She's repented. She knew that was all wrong, Um, but I'm trying to think where I should come at this as as a very close friend as far as attending the potential wedding and approving or what. Right. Well, if she was an unbeliever when she did these things and became a Christian, it's all, so to speak, water under the bridge, move on. If she was a Christian and she knowingly did this stuff, um and committed adultery while she's going to church professing Christ a whole bit, uh, and she committed adultery, then uh, that would be a huge warning flag. And uh, I would then, if I were dating a woman like that, I would absolutely, unequivocally, require the elders of the church I attend to sit down with her and make sure that uh, she's in complete full repentance, and it would take at least a, a year of engagement or dating, whatever it is, uh, before um, uh, any seriousness, serious thing would, would take place beyond that. Um, it's, there's a difference between someone who is ignorant and someone who's not ignorant, someone who knows and then commits things inside of that. Uh, and then there's levels of backsliding-ness. What do you do when someone's backslidden? 
and they weren't really committed as a Christian before. Uh, does that make it okay at that point? Then you got to talk about those issues. So it becomes a complicated thing. And it, if uh, she has repented of it, now some people will say that because she's married, some Christians say because she's married and committed adultery, she can never get married again. Uh, if she was a Christian when she did this. Some say, even as an unbeliever, you can't. And then some say you can in both situations. Some say only one and not the other. And it becomes a very difficult thing. This is why what I ultimately do is recommend that the elders of the church that he and she, hopefully, are attending work uh, through this and get all the details out and make decisions about that accordingly. It's a very serious issue. Okay. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't quite have a complete conviction on yet it would it be too personal to ask you would you be able to attend a wedding like that where the woman said that she was a christian and she committed adultery but she's not going to do that again well that's the idea of repentance isn't it that's the idea if if a woman had done this and it was obvious that she was very repentant and uh, re- judges it as sin and she's had a long track record afterwards of, of goodness and dedication to the Lord, well then, okay, let's just move forward, you know, and that that's me. I, I dr- What's that? So I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I love that idea too. It's like, man, Jesus made it tough when he says, you know, and if this person remarries, then they're committing adultery again. And yeah, but you see, that's for... Uh, you know, when it's talking about that, there are only two grounds for legitimately for divorce, abandonment and adultery. So if a man is married and his wife commits adultery, he has the option, not the obligation, of divorce. Yeah. And he's free at that point. Um, but if he just doesn't like the way she wears her hair, he divorces her, he's not free to remarry. He has to... But then he adds everyth- on that if that person remarries, that person commits adultery. Well, there's a yes and a no to that because... Uh, the purity issue is, yeah, at that point. Then what do you do when someone who got divorced unbiblically, even as a Christian, which happens, then they marry somebody else? That means they've essentially committed adultery. Now what do you do? Do you say to them, don't get, uh, or, or go, go ahead and get a divorce from that husband or that spouse? Yeah. No, uh, we talked about this in seminary. It's a very difficult topic, and generally the, the thing was stay where you are, and be very committed. You, you don't have the right of divorce, and uh, unless the husband were to, you know, the spouse were to start committing adultery, abusive, whatever, you know, in that abandonment thing. Uh, but other than that, you're, you'd be very dedicated and, and take it very seriously. The idea is not to cover sin with sin, but also to be gracious. And this, I have to say, I would rather err on the side of grace than law at this point. It's a tough one, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you for that great advice. I really appreciate it, Matt. Okay. I hope it's good advice. Just compare it to Scripture. Yeah, it was. All right, man. Well, God bless, buddy. God bless. Uh, uh, all right. That was David from Texas. Let's jump right in and get to, uh, let's see. Come on. Get off there. I guess that one's gone. All right. And let's get to Robert from Slavanka. Slavonia. Slavon- Where are you from? Slovenia in Europe, where Melania is coming from. (laughs) Okay. Slovenia. Where where is that? Slovenia. Slovenia. That's about a two-hour drive from Venice. From Venice? Oh, cool. I've never been there. I want to (laughs) go. Yeah. So so what do you got? What's up? 
I have a question. Uh, somebody on Facebook uh, wanted to, to be friend with me, and I checked his posts, and uh, one thing led to another, and I found one lady that they have as um, some kind of messenger. Uh, she, her name is uh, Bertha Dude. Uh, she must wow. be. Um, anyway, I, I sent you the uh, research request uh, yesterday, and okay. also I have a, actually I have a question about S O Z O. That's Sozo Ministry or Prayer. Sozo. You can yeah. tell Sa- a little bit yeah. about Sozo it. Sozo means yeah, salvation in Greek. Um, okay, uh, and so what about it? Well, it, I don't know too much about it, but basically, it's not good. Yeah, yeah stay away from it. Yeah, okay. I found I found something. Uh, saying it's not really good uh, on another web page on a good question Christian web page got questions so yeah. I just okay. wanted to hear maybe something from you if you have already researching no. research into this mm-hmm. no I haven't uh, when I do oh, researches okay. uh, research projects I get I get very involved with one topic and I really exhaust it so uh, like uh, annihilationism yeah. I put 250 hours into it alone so uh but no, it's not Thank something you. I've studied per se, but it's bad news. It's new age-ish. Okay? All right. Yeah, well, that was... Uh, thank you very much. Hey, folks, we're out of here. That was from Slovenia. I love that. May the Lord bless you and by His grace. We'll be back on the air tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. We'll see ya. God bless. Bye.